I'm Sado. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 112 of Shades of Brown. And this week we're going to start off, uh, this week is, I mean, we're coming up on the end of the year. So it's like, you know, album of the Listical, year. Listicle. Listicle week. List, <laughs> list month. Uh, which, which is always fun. Everybody gets to make their little lists and everybody gets mad at other people's uh, lists. So, you know, that's And even better, right, is that um, this week we'll be doing of the year, but we can double dip in this hashtag content and get of the album or of the, de- uh, yeah, de- the, decade. Of the decade. right? On the like uh, video games of the decade we can do that that's that's this is like every you only got this opportunity once every 10 years <laughs> and if, if everyone has listened to the show before we obviously know next week Zach's list is going to be every assassin's creed game released since 2009 <laughs> no it's I'm like okay i only put okay now it's okay we can talk about that later let's get into it though well, we can start well, before we get into we have, a, like, we have a brief note on um on Opus, I just want to talk about real quick, just because earlier in the week, I actually put out on Mastodon, if any of y'all follow me there, um, a couple of test Opus files of the podcast recording, just because I wanted to gauge how supported is it. Because with iOS 13 and Android 10, mm-hmm. Opus support is a little bit flaky. Whereas on Apple side, Apple natively supports Opus decoding in iOS and macOS. But it's only supported in a .caf container. And from what I was researching, .caf is like a proprietary format um, that, say, for example, me and you are working in GarageBand or Logic, and I want to send you a stem of an audio file. Usually, it'll be exported as a .caf container with the audio in there. So Opus will work within that container, but it does not work as a .ogg or .opus file. Yeah, I was reading that if you change some of the metadata on the um, file to to be read as ACC, it will play fine. But that's not the kind of fuckery I, I would want to put into a podcast that's being released out to the public. Whereas on the uh, on the Android side, Opus is is not functional in a .dot Opus file, but it does work in a. Well, actually, my apologies, it works in a .dot Opus file, but it does not. Android does not see the .dot calf container. I believe you can get Opus working in .ogg, but I I don't know I, I don't know if that works on iOS. I think it's certain versions of Android too. I think Android nine. It's Android nine and above that'll like- that'll work with .opus files. Anything below that, you have to do. It's either not supported or it's vendor specific, depending on like what codec Samsung or um, LG puts into their phone. So basically, it means that we really can't use it. Yeah. So this is like this is the thing about Opus. I know about I've known about Opus. Opus been around for a bit now, and it's been, it is good. I know it's better than MP3. I, oh yeah, he's like know. um for the test files i can i can even put a link to them in the show notes can i put them on firefox and they're good for the files be good for another week i can re-upload them but we so how we normally work encode our or how normally i encode them is that i'll encode the wave file that i get from logic um lossless i uh, convert it down to a 64k bit um mp3 file which normally goes from like a gig 900 megs for the full audio file and wave to about 30 20 megs depending on the um length of the show Whereas with Opus, if I did a 64K in uh, an Opus encode, um, I did. I was using FFmpeg. I know there's other Opus converters out there, but I was, that's just installed on my Mac. So ran it through FFmpeg. The file, last week's file, MP3 version of it was 30 megs. The Opus encode was 45. But for that 15 meg delta, you got significantly better audio quality. Yes, that's yeah, that's the thing. It's like Opus is, f- especially at voice, 
stuff like voice especially it's good it's good for music too but you have to like up the bit rate from 64 but uh like for voice at 64 kilobytes it's like opus is better than mp3 even though it's slightly bigger i think i don't know if that's like an ffmpeg thing or it's just it is it's it's likely it's an ffmpeg thing because i i didn't know exactly what parameters i should put on it because i might have done 64k but also turned on vbr by accident um because it's i think i think ff FFmpeg does VBR by default for Opus, and I was trying to turn that off. So it could have been a VBR style file too. Um, but regardless, it's still like there's almost no compression that you could hear in the voices for the Opus encode for a super similar file size. Yeah, it, that's the thing about Opus. It's like Opus is better. It's pay, it's patent free. It's it's uh, like it is. That's the problem is the the. the platform support right it's like it is all over the place like it's it's half supported it's not it's weirdly supported like certain containers are not supported it's like it's like a mess and right? desktop windows too like i don't i'm not even sure if the dot opus file would work in desktop windows i know for a fact dot calf likely won't be supported on desktop windows yeah dot calf probably isn't but like probably I mean, on windows people don't use i don't know if they use like the stock media player people just use like vlc well or think about it like but, this um for windows it's browser support and there are UWP Windows apps. So if someone's using UWP podcast app, right, then like you're using the, the system's media framework. And if the system's media framework doesn't work, then the podcast won't be played. And and while it might be like that might be what, like two percent of people ever, right? It's still with MP3 we get universal compatibility. Yeah, that's the thing with MP3 is that it yes, it is uh I mean it's not pain and comfort anymore, I think. But uh but it is it, and it is widely supported, even though in a technical sense, it is it is a uh, it's 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 not a it's not a superior format. So it's like it's not as good, but it is widely available, and that is the key to distributing a podcast. Like I think any podcast, uh, most podcasts distribute in MP3 for that specific for that very reason. It's it's because it, everybody can play. It. Because if uh, I wanted better audio quality, I could just start doing AAC encodes. But I know that yes, AAC is better. AAC is better than MP3, uh, and it would be like. Uh, like a nicer file, but it's like AAC is not like I think AAC is like patent encumbered also, and it's like it's like I think it's like codec support is like I think like car infotainment systems in those are like a little bit iffy, and also as well I'm not I don't know if Spotify reencodes it because I know or actually that's a good question does Spotify reencode it because Spotify uses AUG if you're like when you for the files you download but. But see, it brings this uncertainty, right? Like the increase in quality from MP3 to AAC isn't enough, and it isn't worth like the blanket. Anything that has a processor in it in 2019 can play an MP3 file. Uh, yeah, like MP3 has been widely supported for so long, and it is like basically anything can play uh, an MP3 file at this point. So it is, it is the format to use, uh, and it is paid in uh, not in paid in comfort, so which is makes it like. One less reason to switch to a beta codex. So it's like not enough of a game to use other uh, like it's it's like it's not even just like encoding the file. It's also like hosting the file as a separate feed, right? You have to you have to put that on the CDN as well. So it's like another file uh, you have to worry and about. And if we have a feed that only does Opus files, does Apple Podcasts support that? Um, like I mean, Linux Linux nerds can listen to it, but it's like that's it. That's that's it. I mean, Linux nerds can still listen to the MP3. So it's like I or even no... and more so too. Let's think about. Um, smart speakers right like the google home devices or that because if you say you could say hey blah play the latest episode of shades of brown but does that speaker support opus does it like yeah it 
probably maybe he does it for like voice calls but it likely is using the media framework right it's like using some custom art web rtc sort of application or hell even like a proprietary stack for that yeah it'll play mp3s uh so that's 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 what it is so that's a little uh segment on on like why why people use mp3s in the in this year uh opus i i, I want opus support to get better i want opus to be the format like i want opus to be the format that you use everywhere uh, for compressed audio files because Opus is better. And it's like, I hope that is the future, but it's like, as, but as like right now, with, with this podcast, right? So let's say the next version of Android, Windows, and um, iOS and Mac OS all had like Opus support, just put it in an AUG file, works beautifully, right? I would still not switch to it. I would, I would give it a delta of like five years just because I need, I need that version. I need like iOS 14, Windows 20, H2, whatever, right? Android 11, whatever it's, or 12. I need that to saturate out before I would feel comfortable saying, you know, let's drop MP3 and switch over to Opus. Yeah. MP3 is just like, it's been around so long. It's so well supported everywhere. And like, it's like hardware decode and like all that stuff. It's like, so it's, it's, it's just the dominant format and it's the format most playable by the most amount of people. So. So let's talk about speaking of MP3s. I guess uh, we, we segue. This is a we're doing great with the segues. Uh, segue into uh, our albums of the year, Christian. You can start off. I guess uh, I I didn't listen to any of your albums that, that are on this list, but I want to like hear about these albums and like see what like I might even give them a shot later. So go ahead. So we got five albums that I'm putting in as album of the year. Um, and it, this surprisingly wasn't a hard list to calculate because I've. This is like 2019 was a year where it's like either they were great albums or they were just like, okay, like you listen to them once and then they don't go on repeat. Like, um, as they say on Dead End Hip Hop, sometimes they bump in the whip, sometimes they don't, which is, which is nice because like 2018 is like a really good year for music. Hell, 2016 was like a really good year for music. And it makes it so hard to like pick which is what goes in the list or not. But it wasn't that bad this year. So starting off, we have Igor by Tyler, the creator, mostly because this album bops like this. I would say next to the um, I, I can't remember the name of the album. Forgive me. The one but Bjork put out a couple years back when her and her husband were getting divorced. This is probably the best breakup album of the decade sitting alongside that Bjork uh, album. Uh, the best. That's a that's a that's a big, big crown to wear, I think. Uh I, I think, and I think it deserves that crown because the the musical styles presented in this album lend itself so much to the theme. Because it, it, the problem of every title of the creator album, including some parts of Flower Boy, is that he can't stick to a topic. Like he's done character albums before, right, where he's like, "Being I'm a character, here's a story," but it's never been tight and consistent. Igor, though, is the first. Igor is the first time that that premise has been tight and consistent, and, and flows throughout the entire album. It begins with Igor's theme, then it goes into Earthquake, and then it goes into I think, and then um, running out of time. And like it, it starts from like, oh wow, this relationship's on the rocks. To oh, y- y- you done fucked up, and then it continues out with like ending with Are we still friends? And it flows throughout that entire process of having like your heart torn out and broken and then you trying to put it back together and it flows so well and the 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 uh production on this switches from like super beautiful violins and and more classical jazz to super hard synths but it also coincides with the lyrical content right like so you have the track what's good what's good starts with like 
uh, a four bar like just synth lead and the entire premise of the song is like fuck you what's good i don't need you right but the instrument the instrumental to to that also it's hard synths hard 808s the entire track and then leading to the name igor right which you know like monster movies the uh dr frankenstein's monster right like all of that actually igor is not from frankenstein i can't remember what's that what i can't remember what monster movie like igor is from but so you have you have that and then at the on the flip side of of what's good near the end um when a song breaks into the second instrumental bit you have slow tie in the background just screaming out i see the light like it's a fucking monster movie like it is like actually screaming that it's mixed pretty low so if you're wearing shitty headphones you might not hear it but you definitely there's slow tie they're just being like i see the light and it 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 blends itself so well to, to hitting that narrative theme, which is not something Tyler has done in the past. And especially too, when you get to like, are we still friends? Like the entire premise is like, you know, I we're better off not being with each other, but can we like still be friends? And then it eventually ends with him like just screaming for like, just just screaming like fuck, just like and and normally putting like a scream like that at the end of a song is like that's a that's a. That's a hard move to make because if you fuck that up, it is very cheesy, but it comes across as a like a one man band, right? He's performing, he's singing, and he's just like, it, it's very like theatrical, but in a way that works. It works so well. And the whole album just flows and it's great. And the thing that he does as well, too, that he's gotten better at is that you get, you get like little bits and pieces here that make you want to le- re listen to a song. So, Let's say there's um there's a bridge, right? That bridge is only the only time that specific instrumentation will show up in the song is for like that 30 seconds. He doesn't usually repeat sort of like specific passages and such. And that makes it so much more interesting to listen to because you're always getting something new with the instrumentation, right? You get like maybe you get um a little vocal thrown in the background of someone singing a high note, right? That that brings a new melody in. But that melody is only there for like 10 seconds and then he moves on to another melody and it works very well. So it's Okay, and it's a short album too. It's like thirty nine minutes and twelve songs, so it's yeah, yeah, four, yeah, forty yeah. minutes. Uh, I haven't listened to it actually. I don't. I don't think I've listened to any of it. Uh, maybe I heard of Earthquake somewhere, but I, I, I don't remember. Uh, like I, I should give it a shot, but I, I think the reason I didn't listen to it is probably it felt like it was more experimental than the, than Flower Boy. I think Flower Boy was more. Uh, I I'll use the word accessible because I think that's what it is. It's like Flower Boy is more of a, like it's got more it's got features. It's got uh it's got fucking Frank Ocean on it. It's got uh Cali Uchis on it. It's got ASAP Rocky on it. Like it is like uh, But I mean Igor has Solange on it. Like a boy is a gun and I think Yeah, but like there are no named features, right? Like it's not like a same kind of album. Like it's like you go you Yeah, the features come in on the low, right? Like um like on the first track, Igor's theme, you have Lil Uzi singing the hook, but it's never mentioned that's Lil Uzi. Or on um on the limited edition physical version of the album, you have um a track called Boyfriend, which takes place of everything you run from or or um what is it? Everything it's it's basically the song after I think. That one is replaced with a song called Boyfriend. And the intro there is, um, I forgot, Charlie Wilson, I think, who sings it. But then on the outro of that specific track, you have Santi Gold also. Uh, Santi Gold? I don't know how you actually pronounce that name. You have them also singing as well. So, like, there's features here and there, but it's definitely more of like a, uh, more of like a, this artist is a feature because we're not, it's not like they have a specific verse, but they're like, they're helping make the song. Because on, um, 
I would say Igor is more like Cherry Bomb than it is like Flower Boy, right? Would you say that that's the case? I, I, Igor is Cherry Bomb done right. Because Cherry Bomb was a shit album. Cherry Bomb was bad. It's like Igor is like if Cherry Bomb had a good, a good concept behind it and was mixed properly. And I think the two, that's what saves it. The mixing on this album is experimental enough that it, that it's, it's interesting and novel, but it isn't, it's not unaccessible. Who, are there, who produced this album? Tyler. Like Tyler produced is. every track. Oh, yeah. Tyler did. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, because like, it's like after like listening to Flower, it's Flower Boy is a very different album. I feel like Flower Boy is like, uh, a happier album in some ways and like more fun. Like tracks like I Ain't Got Time and stuff like that. You know, it's like more, it, it's more bouncy and, you know, like more radio friendly tracks. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a shot because Todd the Creator is always like interesting. So the next album, you you have a bunch of like very, ex, like kind of experimental stuff on here. The mind, what is it? Mind sign is that? Has mind that design. Um, snacks. So, so um, also coming up with when we talk about albums of the decade, Yan Zen, which is a prior album from Mind Design, is very much going to be in my top ten. Fuck, even top fives. I listen to Yan Zen, and it's I don't understand it. I I I think it's like one of those albums that are like you gotta really feel it. Like it's like you gotta like listen to it closely. These so Mind Design makes he's a producer, so he also produces. He's produced for Danny Brown before he's produced for a bunch of other folks, but um for his own like. Music. It's very lo-fi, chill, but it has a lot of texture, if that makes sense. Like, it's very... There's... So, with Yon Zen, basically, like, just to talk about his prior one so I can lead into this one. Yon Zen had a lot of chimes and bells, and it sounded like wind chimes for the most part, and yawning. Like, it was literally, like, a calm album, which had, like... It started off with auto-tuned yawns, and then led into, like, wind chimes on 808s with some synths, but... It's also it's it's the same way that um I think about when I get home where where it's like with snacks what you get from it is there are a bunch of instrumental snippets for flowing together to form a song and they work together there's samples in the middle of it but you get like thirty seconds of just like this one melody that's so sticky and so good so for example on snacks we have the track papaya berry the first thirty seconds of that song are great. Um, deviled eggs as well. The synths on deviled eggs is great. Over easy takes like this super um, vintage sound that sounds like it's taken off of a vi- an old vinyl record that's deteriorating and loops it. Super great. You also have brownies. Brownies literally sounds like if I was playing like a like a video game where you're exploring like a like a city at night. Like brownies is the kind of music that I would expect to be playing through there. And then you have um you have a song G G or G Garden N or I don't I'm just gonna call it Garden, but it starts with two G's and has two N's at the end of it with uh Pink Saifu. Who Pink Saifu I also think is part of like that sort of lo-fi wave in LA that um Earl Sweatshirt's been on recently of like Feet of Clay. Um and that song if it samples this horn sample from um actually I think Tyler sampled it on Wolf as well. And it has just like a super lo-fi rap to it, but it works. Like mind design is a kind of music that like I will put on just when I'm chilling. Like it's like it's so it doesn't it's not loud, it's not high energy, but this is like Tycho. It has oh, a place yeah, in time. Oh, Tycho is one of my favorite electronic artists of all time. But it's like comparing it to Tycho is, is probably a good way to get me to listen to it. But uh yeah, so like I mind design is like it feels more like 
like what like Madlib style like not Madlib. Well, he's on the same label that Madlib. He's on Madlib's label. He's like, he's on Stone's Throw. Yeah. Okay, uh, and like is I think Knowledge also. Do you know Knowledge? I was listening to Knowledge, and Knowledge is is good. Yeah, Knowledge know. is on Stone's Throw. Um, who else? Yeah. Will you ever check out um, Yes Lord um, Anderson Pocket Knowledge's collab album? I, I I've been meaning to. I haven't gotten around to it, but it's it's so fuck. It's it's like Madville level of good. Yeah, I like this 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 segment of producers. Right, it's like it's not like they're not like mainstream, but like they are like sort of like they are big in their own way. Like, they're your producer's favorite producer, basically, right? Yeah, their producer's favorite. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. Like, and I. I fuck a whole lot with Mind Design. I've loved all of, of his work. It's fucking great. Uh, not speaking, speaking of Mind Design and Knowledge, Knowledge actually dropped some new uh, new albums uh, or EPs or whatever recently on on Bandcamp. So if you if you're interested, you know, go check that out. Uh, so is is that? Do we have anything else to say about that, or do we want to move on to the next? One? It, 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 you got to listen to it. It's like one of those because it, it's, it's also like not very. Um, abrasive of an album. It's also not long, so if you don't like it, you know you're not really wasting that much time. Or like, you know, it's not gonna. It's chill. It's good, and um, definitely like just vibe out to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I'm looking forward to which hip hop artists sample some of these next year. <laughs> probably. Uh, so JPEG Mafia on the next one. Uh, yeah, all my heroes are cornballs. Now this one almost didn't make it on the list. It almost didn't make it to the list, but. The thing about this album by Peggy is that the production on it makes it a top 10 album for or top five album makes it a top album of this year because lyrically, I would say lyrically, he is one of the smartest writers out there. Um, it was, what was it? One bar, like saying that you go from like Steven something to Steve Bannon after like one hit. It was like, <laughs> there was like a really <laughs> smart bar about that. Yeah, that sounds like a JPEG lyric. He does uh, a lot of smart writing on there, and more so, it's just the production here because his style is like, it's if you listen to his early stuff on um, Bandcamp before he was JPEG, uh, before he went under a different name, it's still on there. I can put a link to it in the show notes. He's very much like that early two thousands Tumblr vaporwave aesthetic that popped yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like if your song's grimy waifu, um, Keenan versus Kel. Fuck, um, all my heroes are cornballs. That track, the title track, I actually don't really fuck with that much, much. But it like it ends with this hilarious interlude of his friend ordering something from Wendy's. Oh my God. At the <laughs> you know, like you know, rap skits are always like very hit or miss, and I'm like, sometimes they're good. This, this one hit. It was funny because he's just like, it's just he pulls us a Wendy's and he's just like, can I get a? <laughs> I I don't know why it's funny. Um, the first track, Jesus forgive me, I am a thought. Um, great. It, it falls off in the second end where it gets a little too abstract for its own good. But we also have um tracks like "Basic Bitch Tear Gas," which is basically him covering "No Scrub" by TLC. Oh, I I love the track names. It's like buttermilk Jesus type beats. <laughs> JPEG Mafia type beat is a great track. Um, BBW another good one. Free the Frail. Free the Frail is one of the top songs of the year. Free the Frail is great because basically the, the entire premise of Free the Frail is um, don't use my image on social media or whatever to hold up your own self-worth or your own value because he's basically at the chorus is like, um, if it's good, if it's good, if it's bad, that it's bad. All this shit is out of my hands, right? Like it's, you can't, it, it's, there's like a good message from that. Um, the last track too, Poppy, I Missed You, fucking great. <laughs> I, I actually I'm, I'm gonna listen to this album as well because it's like JPEG Mafia I mean JPEG Mafia is a little 
he doesn't edit down his song so like the downside of this album is that he like if he coughs if there's like background noise he doesn't cut that out of the mixes it's like it's like it's like listening to music like listen to like like esoteric stuff on Bandcamp, you know, it's that kind of kind of stuff. I think, uh, which is fine. I mean, that's an aesthetic. That's a that's a that's a kind of way of making music uh, that certainly has its place. Uh, so the next album, uh, Solange. Yep, when I get home, Solange, and I, this one I think totally passed me by. And like Solange's last album before this, which was it, uh, see a seat at the table was one of like it's one of my favorite albums of 2016 because it is just like such a good album and the production on it is so good. But like I don't remember listening to 20 uh, this this one when I get home. Like uh, so what's 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 up with this one? So I'm gonna say up front that when I get home, I feel like it's a very underappreciated album because like Snacks by Mind Design, it's very much a instrumental melody heavy focused album there's a lot of melodies there's a lot of i think uh during like an interview tyler creator said it best where it's like the the thing he does on igor where he throws a melody and that's it and goes something next it's even that's taken times 10 on when i get home it's a lot of repetition it's a lot of melodies it's a lot of this album is not lyrical but not because the lyrics are bad but because the focus of it is to create an atmosphere rather than to provide a message um the the sort of the premise of this is like i think it's best summed up as a love letter to houston and sort of all all of like that sort of texas atmosphere you get and uh so when i get home is basically getting home to houston is that that's okay yeah it's basically like all the sounds there's definitely you have a lot of like that chopped and screwed sound in it you have a lot of jazz it's a whole mix of so many different sounds but it's done beautifully and i think like a good track because it is a very it's a long listen it's over it's 19 tracks i mean it's 40 minutes but you know there's a lot there um the track almeida that has playboy cardi on it is fire one of the best songs of the year um but as well too, the skits on this are so great because so um, she's basically like she just went on YouTube and like there's a lot of like vloggers, a lot of like um, black beauty gurus and stuff. She just like took a clip of them talking and like they're like all from around the Texas area and put them on there. There's um like there's one where this girl's uh, she's I think she's I, I can't I can't remember her name. My apologies, but she was doing like a, a makeup tutorial and she's basically like she's doing she's she's putting it on. She's mentioning right that when it comes to doing these things, it's nothing without intention. And there's just like a random clip of that in the middle of this. And that video is uploaded to YouTube like four years ago. Her channel only has like four thousand, five thousand subscribers, and you're sort of like Solange is out there looking at this. Also, my skin is my logo has uh, Gucci and Tyler on it. It's great. yeah, Solange is like going on deep dives on on on, on YouTube to find these. Um, okay, and like there are no named features, so it's just kind of like Igor in that way. It's like uh, the artists, like the features are like sort of more in the background, like this more to set the theme than to be features. Uh, also, if you for the interlude, um, we deal with the freaking hilarious especially the woman who i can't she's from texas i cannot remember these names i'm sorry but she's um oh my okay yeah like i I, i'm I'm like actually like sort of like sad that this sort of passed me by like because i totally like a solange album at least you gotta give it one listen i think it's it's it deserves that much uh no definitely solange this album's like you know when you're at home you know, you got you got your you got your uh your your smart speaker that's spying on you. You're sipping some wine or whatever. You, you know, you're just chilling. Just put on some. Just put on when I get home. It's it's like it's music for grown folk. I think it's like I think that's the best way to put like these like albums like Mind Design and uh, or Snacks and and when I get home. Uh, 
Solange's yeah, Solange's albums always felt like they were for uh, like a or even like Anderson Park, right? It's like it's music for adults. Oh, oh we get we're gonna get it, we're gonna get it get into that later. But uh, yes, yeah, Solange is always like a seat at the table. Yeah, I, that was an amazing album. So like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to this one. Uh, the next, this is one. This one is is the last one. I yeah, think. The last one on and, my list. It is so much fun by Young Thug, and so. I understand if you don't fuck with Young Thug. Um, like I, Young Thug is not for everyone. I'm aware of that because most of his lyrics are about nutting on faces, just just straight up. Like that that is a Young Thug lyric that comes up all the time in his music. And um, yeah, there's that. However, though, so much fun is so slimy of an album. It is so good. It is like literally just so much fun. It is a fun album to listen to. All the tracks are. I wouldn't say they're all amazing, but they're all popping. And when this album hits, it hits so great. So um, we have one of my favorite tracks off of it is number nine. What's the move? A little Uzi. And like it literally, it just begins so poppy, so bright. You have birds chirping in the background. It sounds like winds blowing. And of course, the first bar is about getting sucked up, but that's the young thug. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's such a bouncy and fun song. Um, and then we also have like another highlight is Mannequin Challenge, Rip Juice World. Uh, rest in peace but that yes, one is also peace. great too because that's just straight bars it's nothing it just starts you get bars and and like they're thuggers going in juice world's catching up going in too um although i love how there's a track called little baby but it's not featuring little baby it's a little upsetting yes <laughs> and then hot featuring gunna is another great track <laughs> ecstasy is good however this song got this album got updated after it came out there's a, there's an original cut of ecstasy that just has thugger on it and not machine gun kelly and i feel like that is the that is the better version of this song i i remember this okay actually now i remember this this uh, there was a big thing about it on 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 the uh hip-hop head subreddit was that people were like well, i want to listen to the original version of ecstasy without machine gun kelly on it uh i i don't want to disrespect machine gun kelly but like it's it doesn't really seem like the kind of feature that makes sense with young thug i i don't i don't know uh Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not correct. Maybe Machine Gun Kelly does fit in, but uh, like it seems to me like people really didn't like the feature coming in. However, I have to say the weakest track on this album is nine or eighteen. Boy back featuring Nav, only for the reason of Nav needs to stop making music. Nav is Nav is an embarrassment to Toronto. Nav is a fucking embarrassment. I swear to God, the weekend. This is I love the weekend, bro. But like the weekend really made Nav a thing, and it's like the Nav is just like I, the most generic brown boy in in the history of fucking Toronto. Uh, I it's just it's embarrassing. It's it's just that's what it is. Uh, I know he's got fans like a lot of brown people here. You know, like it's he's brown. He's a, he's a f- I mean, so Nav is the kind of person who tweets out, "I'm not making music. I'm making vibes." Oh my god! Uh, just that's yeah. That's that's what Nav is. Oh my god! Nav, Nav, Toronto doesn't fuck with you. No, probably no. That's not true. That's probably actually the the, the opposite of uh, the truth. Is that there's a lot of Toronto that does fuck with them. But I mean, Toronto has like Toronto. better musicians to rep, though. He does, but like Nav is sort of like you know, like a local brown boy. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's uh, you know, you support your local, even if he's bad. You know, you support him. It's that kind of thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> it's like um 
Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's your albums. Uh, so like you got five albums. I got four. Let's let's start. Uh, I'll start with the big. The, probably probably like the biggest album for me this year. This one I bought the CD even, and this came out early in early. It's early this year in April. Uh, so. It, people might have forgotten about it, but it's it's a very very good album. It's it's Anderson Park's album Ventura. Uh, I just right out of the gate, right? This album starts with uh, "Come Home," which features Andre Three Stacks, our boy Andre Three Thousand, uh, and it is just like the just the production on it. It's just so smooth. It's like one of those albums that he put on when. Uh, like it's like this, it's like a summertime album, which, which is funny because it came out in April. So you put this in the summer, you're just like driving down with the with the windows down, you know, with with this album playing because that's that's kind of album vibes. Uh, this one, uh, like some of my favorite tracks, like uh, making make it better, which has Smokey Robinson on it, and uh, King James. King James is is one of my favorites because King James has this like lyric where it's just like. Uh, you can't gentrify the heart of kings, which is like a really nice lyric. It's like I just love that. Uh, King James is like one of the top tracks of the year. I think like it's it's a really good song. Yeah, it is. It's very good, and like all the features on it are like top tier. Like they're all very good. Like they all have uh, their place. And like Jet Black, it's just a really fun track. It's just like uh, with Brandy on it. And the last track on this album. Um, what can we do? Features, uh, like, features Nate Dogg in a, like, a posthumous way, right? It's like a Sam, he just, he just, like, cuts in the, like, uh, some, ver- like, uh, snippets of Nate Dogg talking, and it seems like Nate Dogg is having a conversation with Anderson Park, but it's obviously, like, that, that never happened. But it's like, uh, like, it's just a, like, a homage to Nate Dogg, right? And it's, it's really, really nice. Like, it's a very nice way to, uh, end the album. So if you're into R&B, and if you haven't listened to Ventura yet, like I, you are missing out. Like this is probably the best R and B album to come out this year for real. Uh, it's it's really really good. The production on it is just beautiful. It's just it's all all good all the way. It's like thirty nine minutes, eleven songs. It's compact. It's every track is good. Uh, so that's that's. Did you listen to Ventura? Uh, I did. Yeah. I did. I felt the venture. Yeah, it's 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 good. Uh, it's the only CD I bought uh, this year. So that that's that's something. Does your computer even have a DVD drive? I had to buy a USB a USB CD drive to rip this one. Uh, so yeah, so that that's some dedication for you. Uh, because I, I like I when I re- when this PC doesn't have a place to put uh, internal uh, uh, CD drive on it, so uh, my last build had it, but this one doesn't, so I had to go buy one, uh, which is fine. Like I do buy CDs occasionally, but this, these days I prefer to buy uh, digital lossless versions. So if I can buy it on like Seven Digital or like Bandcamp, that's what I prefer. Uh, Let's so see. yeah, do they have a Thunderbolt three Blu-ray drive? They do. I probably, probably, yeah. I mean, that sounds like. <laughs> but yeah, so Ventura is good if you like uh, R and B. Anderson Park is obviously uh, an amazing, like his voice and his, his style of music is is very very good. Uh, my next album is going to be the experimental pick this year. Uh, this is this is my experimental pick of the year. This is Clipping's album. Uh, there exists an addiction to blood, and let me just phrase it this way: this this album is what I would call an experimental horrorcore hip hop album. Uh, horrorcore in the way because this this whole album is basically basically a story about like it's it's, it's talking about various things, but it's like it's a very dark and very 
in some ways it's very gruesome if you see some of the music videos like the music video for blood of the fang is is literally them like doing surgery on a gun and there's like blood effects like fake blood effects all over the place and then, like they start eating the gun so and then the, the comments the funniest thing is the, the comments on the youtube video is like they really vored that gun and i just died i, I just fucking Goodbye. I was like, bye bye <laughs> First time on Shades of Brown History, I'm going to have to content warn this shit before. <laughs> yeah, mention of it. Yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. Uh, if you want, if you want to see it, just go look up uh, Blood of the Fang on YouTube. You'll see. Uh, but yeah, so it's it just like some of the tracks, like the Nothing Is Safe, uh, like like La Mala Ordina, uh, Run for Your Life is it's scary. Like some of the albums in this, don't listen to them in the dark. I'm telling you, it's like if you if you if if you actually like like your horror stuff, you're gonna what are you gonna do is like put on your headphones and then turn off the lights and listen to this. Like it's like it's it's got that ambiance too. It's like experimental horror. Uh, the production on it is solid. And let me give you the most funniest thing. The last track, it's called Piano Burning. You want to guess what it is? Um, burning piano burning. It is literally an 18 minute track of the sounds of a fire. That's all it is. That's all it fucking is. That's I when I first listened to this album, I was like, I like I got to the I got to the last track. I was like, why is this track 18 minutes long? And then I realized it's just it's just the sound of a fire. It's it's a very nice sound, by the way. It's it's very very like a soothing sound of like you're sitting by a fire and, and there's this the the thing is uh, like the fire is just crackling and it's burning it's it's like one of those youtube videos people put on you know like this calm background music uh, videos it's like that um and it's just an 18 minute track of the of it just you know just being like uh, a fire um uh, so yeah this album it's 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 good but it's like i wouldn't say it's like uh it's not one of those things that you put it in your car and you listen to it regularly right it's uh it's it's like an experience like you you gotta like you know get like the got the horror mood going on you know it's it's not a, like a regular listening album like the tracks are like the tracks are meant to be listened to in an album way like it's not meant to be like there are singles but it's like yeah, it's really you should be listening to it in order uh, so you can really what you're get, saying you're saying that i when i want to get in the whip and you know i want something that bumps i don't put it on piano burning <laughs> i mean if you're into that i mean it's not about it's like it's a very good sounding piano burning like i mean it's like the best sounding piano burning. <laughs> <laughs> a good sounding piano burning that's that's gonna be uh, that's good a uh, good set it is it does sound very good but it's not that like it's not like it's not music it's just like background noise which i mean it's fine like you can put that on loop and you know do your homework i guess uh like it's it's a perfect homework track it's you know like you know goodbye to lo-fi <laughs> beats to chill to and relax you know put in- asmr lo-fi beats to chill to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it is oh, like when I first God. heard this, like they really did that. Like clipping really just fucking put an eighteen minute track of of just that. Yeah, that, that's that's great. Look, if you want to listen to any of the like, if you want to single wise, like nothing is safe. Like run for your life. These are the blood of the fang. Blood of the fang has like a political message to it. It's about like uh, it's it's like Black Panther related. Like it's about what like black people having the uh, right to self defense and stuff like that. It's like uh, it's it's a very political track. But there's uh, it's not the album is like not overly political. It's just that specific track. But yeah, so it is. It is clipping. It is clipping. It's just doing their little. I, I gotta say, like clipping really executes. Like they they have a theme. They always have a theme, and they ex like they just go into it. Like really, like they all in on the theme. It's just just very nice to see. Uh, 
so that's clipping. Uh, that's your, uh, that's your, my, that's my one experimental, uh, album of the year. Uh, so my next album is, is, is a Korean album. Uh, it's, it's, this, this album was on repeat, uh, f- a lot for me. Uh, it is, t- uh, Taeyon's, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, actually. Tai, Taeyon? I-, I actually don't know. But, uh, it's called Purpose. It's her second album. And it's just, I do not understand Korean. Let me just put it that way first. But, like, her voice is just incredible. It's like the voice is just, this quality to it is just melodic quality. Like, if you just go look up, uh, like I think this one has a music video which is uh, Spark, uh, or and you just look that up and just listen to the sound. Don't even watch like the music video; just watch listen to the sound, and it just sounds amazing. Like it's, it's one of the best Korean artists I've heard in a, in a while, to be honest. To be honest, uh, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I have much else to say about that album. Uh, I have to say this year for K-pop was very rocky. Just as like a, a. I mean, I I do. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't follow K-pop that closely anymore, but I do listen to K-pop a little bit. Like I, you know, I had some Taeyeon's album was good. I listened to what was it? Well, actually, as a as a side note, if I can just slide in real quick, a recommendation. This this one did not meet my uh, criteria for albums of the year, but uh, Lim Kim. Um, yellow is that entire ep and that track are great and specifically for the fact of that she is doing k-pop but not in any sort of like the mainstream ways and i only want to bring attention to that just because more of that should exist um k-pop tends to be a little bit more uh more manufactured than it than it than it could be and you know any attempt to sort of go out that bubble is something that I would want to draw attention to. So Lim Kim is uh, definitely doing some interesting stuff. And hopefully, you know, next year, whenever she puts out her next actual album and not EP, it might make it onto our list. Yeah, it's like uh, Lim Kim, her EP is called Generation. And Generation, like it's it's spelled that way with A-S-I-A-N. Yeah, and the vid- there's a music video for it. And it's, it's a very cool looking uh, music video. So you go check that out. Yeah. Uh, my last album, uh, fourth album is this one. I came into the year. This came out earlier in the year. Uh, I don't. I don't remember when exactly it came out, but uh, I came into it late. Is is Taylor Swift's uh, "Lover"? Uh, and after the disappointment that was Carly, the, the Carly Rae Jepsen album this year, dedicated, uh, I was just like, "I is that going to be a good pop album this year?" Um, turns out. I, there was a pop, good pop album. I just never gave it a proper listen. And then two people, my sister mentioned it, and you mentioned it. So I went and listened to through the whole thing properly. And man, it's just it just starts off strong with the I forgot that you existed, and you know, like tracks like the man. And then the, one of my favorite tracks is actually uh, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. It's just a classic, classic Taylor Swift track. Although I'm surprised you didn't really fuck with Thank You Next. As much as an album, I I did, but it wouldn't be. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't put it as strong as Taylor Swift's Lover. I think, like, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it is. Uh, I I would say, if you're looking for good pop albums of the year, um, Taylor Swift's Lover is obviously here, and also uh, Ariana Grande's uh, Thank You Next is definitely on the list. It is a very strong album, I would say, but it's not as strong as like I, I thought that it didn't have some some of the tracks that wanted were a little bit questionable. Oh, but yes, Taylor Lover like has like really really good tracks, and I think Taylor back to like this sort of like some of the tracks are more like it feels like the country style a little bit sometimes, like uh like 
like paper paper rings it feels like that and like the, the funniest track is uh london boy which is just the concept of it is, is extremely flat i still think the probably the best track on it is is false god it's just the 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 execution of the track is just really really well that it's really well produced and the hook is really really good um and i still think the the one single that i did never liked and i still don't like this track is is me the one the track with brendan iray uh of panic at the i remember Disc. panic at the disco uh, used I, to be good i i i can't speak for panic at the disco because it's not never like my style of music well, i mean were you on myspace at all no okay wait wait we get let's let's go back to let's go back to that era um just for one moment so like pay those goes your thing but like how about my chemical romance uh, absolutely not yeah like that era what you hold up black hold up black parade is a classic and i will not have you slander it oh my god you are i'm not gonna slander it because i don't know anything about it like there's no like i i didn't listen to it like it's just not like an emo was never like i mean emo sort of just passed me by i guess uh the whole emo phase never got me. Ah, uh, don't worry. In our in our decade retrospective, I'm going to send you all the bad Tumblr posts. <sighs> I mean, I, I I don't know if I should be listening to my, my Chemical Romance in this year, but uh, I. You know, what? 2019, My Chemical Black Parade's best album of the year. There we go. <laughs> but no, but the Taylor Swift album though, I fucked with it a lot too. Um, the, the me is honestly the worst, like one of the worst songs of the year. Yes, it's it's the it is definitely the worst song in my opinion. It is if that song wasn't there, I would like unhesitantly be like this album is solid all the way through. But that album, that track is like is is a weak point for me. It's just like the. Like I get what they're trying to do, but like it just doesn't work. Like Brendan Urie, like I, I don't mean him any disrespect in this way, but it's like it doesn't fit in with Taylor Swift's style. Like it just doesn't work. I think, in my opinion, uh, and like it's like it's one of those features that just feels a little bit like it doesn't sync well. I think, in my opinion, but the album overall, Paper Rings, another one of my favorites. It's just overall, it's like a solid, solid album. Uh, so those are my four albums. Uh, I. I, I that was that was, I was like I listened to a lot of music, but I don't have any solid albums. I was like, Phew. so I've, I just wanted to put a side note. I am honestly surprised you did not put Homecoming on that list. Oh, uh, Homecoming, Beyonce, Homecoming. How the fuck did I forget this? It's just what like you remind like I was. Okay, wait, wait, don't worry, don't worry. I'll fix it in post. Don't worry, I'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we got we got a fifth album, Beyonce Homecoming. So it's like, uh, so uh, this was I think when was this? This was they released the Netflix documentary, right? With the, in July, July it was it was in summer. It was sometime in summer. I think it was yeah, it was in the summer. It was a Coachella. Uh, the so this is like Beyonce's uh, headlining Coachella performance from this year. No, actually, from it was like 2017. It was a couple years back. But regardless, it is an album release this year, so it's acceptable to be on the list. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Homecoming, the live album, is what it's called. Uh, it is just like I. It is actually. Spotify said this was like my like the most listened to album for me. Actually, I put it like I listened to it for like forty eight hours. So I just had it in a, like I listened to it in a loop for 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 a bit. Uh, and it's like it's probably one of the best live albums I've heard. It's just the way it is like structured and cut, and it's like every like every track every. Like crazy in love when it starts, it's like, oh boy, it's just, it's just like you know, everybody knows the original crazy in love, I think, at this point. But like, every track is done in this like really bombastic way, and like in a way that's like 
you got to watch the Netflix documentary first, I think, to make sense of it. Like, I would, I would recommend watching the documentary first and then, like, you know, going back to it and listen to the whole thing because uh, it really puts context to the whole thing uh, in a way that if you just listen to the album, I don't think you'll be getting all the context. Uh, like, some of my favorite tracks is, like, Bow Down and, like, which 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 track had the OT Genesis uh, Diva Diva had the oh, had the horn oh, remix of so Everybody good. Mad. I I what what I what I listened to is bad. That that is just so that good. That goes hard. It goes hard as fuck. Uh, and like uh, like flawless and like and also like don't hurt yourself. And then I care. I care is probably one of my favorites. And the, the other one that I really like is uh, Mi Gente. Uh, the the uh, J Balvin track, which is a which is a fire track, by the way. If you go listen to the original J Balvin track, it is a fire track. But yeah, so like the me the me they like the way it is mixed together, like the way Bouncing like sort of like mixes all these like different tracks and like J Balvin in it. Um, there's a track with Jay Z on it, uh, Deja Vu with Deja Vu. He he does some verses from uh, his his uh, one of his biggest albums. Uh, what is it? The Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt, I think, is a track. Deja Vu is a track from there, I think. Um, like there is also like the Destiny's Child stuff. Uh, Say my name is a classic. Like uh, like uh, Kelly Rowland and uh, Michelle Williams doing their like little. Uh, so overall, it's like it's from like not every track is like like uh, like good in like like it, it's like a bop or whatever. But it's like it's just the way the whole live thing is produced. It's just like, it makes one of my albums of the year. It's just, it is just, just a solid piece of like art. I think in a way, it's just like art performance. It's just, it's really, really good. So yeah, if you haven't seen this, uh, go, go take a look uh, at, the, at the documentary first and then listen to it. Uh, it's just, it's just really good. But homecoming. So th- that's my fifth and uh, definitely not the least. Uh, all of these albums I li- like in different ways. So uh, I, I, I like we, this. This is the year we get away from ranking these from from with numbers. Just talk about them. And sort of I like, mean, I can't really rank any of these albums. Like I, it's like like I get something. If I was gonna like I the the times I listen to Igor are not the same time. I'm gonna listen to Snacks, right? Like like okay, let's get into the games of the year. Uh, I think this podcast is gonna be a long one, folks. So strap in. Uh, all right, let's get started. Um, so I'm gonna start with my games of the year, and then Christian will do so. We just flip orders. Uh, so let me start with my first one. It is Control. Control is the game. I think we talked about this on the pod before. Uh, is the game made by Remedy Entertainment, the folks who made uh, what is it? Quantum Break, and also. What is it? What's the other one that they made before that? Alan Wake? Yeah, uh, Alan Wake. Um, so game, Control is just, it's just weird. It is, it is, it is just extremely remedy. And like the, the way this, the voice acting is really good. The, the environment design is probably one of the best environments I have seen in a video game this year. Uh, like the, the whole brutalist oppressive nature of the building and like the way the, the enemies are designed and the like way even just things like how the furniture is it's just extremely good and like it's the game is fun to play and like well there's so many parts of it that are a little bit you know uh a little bit questionable some of the boss fights are a little bit uh tedious i would say i, I get into it and like I, write, I wrote a review of it uh, I'm gonna put a link to it. Go read that. and we'll talk about the boss fights. But overall, I would say from an aesthetic and like just like the you know like the game had some really good fonts. 
Christian. I know you like your fonts, so like the way I saw, I saw the font design in that game is good. Yeah, it is. It is. Somebody clearly thought about. Well, but I would say that. But also, some of the menus have like a thin font for some reason. I don't know. They should really make that font a little bit, a little bit thicker. Like I don't know, uh, make it bold. Uh, But yes, uh, the aesthetic design of this game top tier. Uh, the game looks really, really good, uh, and that's w- without turning on the RTX features, uh, which I didn't. Well, I only turned it on for thirty seconds, and then I noticed the frame rate drop. <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'm going to turn it back off." Uh, but I mean, you you could still run it like sixty ish, uh, right? With, it, with it, RTX on, it drops uh, below sixty. I guess you have to tune it a little bit. Do some of the features are more expensive. But I thought you have like a G Sync monitor, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal, right? No, it's not. But it's like I just don't like the frame rate dripping that much b- between below sixty. Like it, it'll drop to like fifty five, fifty. You know, uh, I just wanted to stay smooth at like sixty FPS. That's that's all. I, I mean, it's not. It's, it's, yeah, with the G Sync monitor, it's not as a big deal when when it's like it's not tearing for me. Like it just like it's just old habits. Like I, I just prefer like a stable frame rate over like uh the visual fidelity. Uh but yes, it looks really good even without the RTX features. So if even if you like don't want to turn on the RTX features, it's understandable because not everybody has a fucking ridiculous ex- expensive GPU. Uh, uh give it a shot. It's, it's it looks good, it it's fun to play. Uh Jesse is a fun character, uh to like her voice acting is really well done, in my opinion, and so the other voice actors also like really, really good. Um, the, like the the gameplay mechanically is is pretty fun. Uh, it's it's just a, it's a pretty it's not a complicated game to play, uh, but it is very fun. Uh, did you play Control? I did not play Control. I'll be honest with you, I still haven't beaten Quantum Break, so I gotta. <laughs> I'm like near the ending. I just I need to I need to sit down and, and play through it. So I mean, I don't think you need to finish Quantum Break. So my thing Break is, I've good. learned that um, is it Quantic Rem- Re- Remedy, right? Just rem- what Remedy's style of game is something that I can appreciate from a technical level. Um, but playing it, it's just not really for me. Like I learned that with Quantum Break, and what I've heard of Control is Control's like a better version of Quantum Break, but that same kind of gameplay isn't really something that I'm okay with. It is, I would say, Quantum Break uh, had a troubled development, and it kind of shows, I think, uh, in the final product. And it's like it is kind of rough in some ways. You can see the good ideas shining through in Quantum Break, but it, it never fully materializes into like a very good game. Uh, I did finish it because you gave me a free code for it. Yeah, that was you, before I Play Anywhere was a thing. You gave me a yeah, yeah, you gave me the Windows code for it, Windows 10 store code, uh, and I did, and I did finish it. Uh, and I don't remember much of it, but I don't, it's, it was okay. And then when I played Control this year, I was like, this is just ex- every concept that they had in Quantum Break, they refined it and they made it better. And they made it like a tight loop, and they made like the, everything is everything that was in Quantum Break is it's all much, much, much better in Control. So if you like, if you did play quarter break and you sort of liked it and you thought maybe the concepts were good but the execution wasn't can give control a shot because i think you might like it but if you do um i don't know if they fixed the performance on the uh, lower end consoles like ps4 and xbox one I, I actually don't know if they fixed the performance issues because there are severe performance issues on the uh xbox one and the ps4 base ps4 actually is really bad was really bad. I don't know if it's still bad. So if you are gonna get this for uh, a base model console, uh, look into the performance before you do, uh, because uh, it did have some performance issues on launch. I don't know if they're fixed or not. Uh, Digital Foundry is the place to go for that sort of stuff. Uh, 
so that's Control. Uh, the next game we both played, and we uh, we talked about it earlier. This uh, came out recently. It's it's the Outer Worlds. Um, Outer Worlds is the game by game by Obsidian, which in the style of uh, what 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 do you what's like the act? What's the term genre term? For? I don't want to call it a Fallout like because I don't like calling games by other games. It's an RPG. Like this is a classic RPG in like every element of it. Not a, it's not a CRPG, but it's like a action rpg i would say more like a, a single player action it RPG. definitely takes it's, a lot it's, of its roles from like you know D style character types and all of that yeah definitely there's a lot of like uh like you know hit like putting points into various uh skills right uh or like uh like perks or rather whatever you call them um and i i just i just think it is just uh i think the game really st- starts out very strong but in the end i think it gets a little bit uh, I think they they ran out of budget. I think uh, because the end feels a little bit. Uh, it feels a little rushed. Like I wouldn't say it's like like it's not too obvious. I think if you're not if you're just if you're just in the moment, but if you like go back and look about it on the end of the game and you see sort of the various planets and the stories, you can sort of tell like this sort of ran out of uh, steam, maybe uh, or like maybe they ran out of time or budget. I, I don't know. Uh, but overall, I would say it's a solid game with one of some of my f- most favorite characters. Parvati is 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 the best, and I hope everybody does her companion quest uh, and not dismiss her on on Edgewater like fucking Northern Lion did. Uh, I'm still salty about that. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, like I I was watching Northern Lion's last play of this uh, of the video game, and he he dismisses Parvati on 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 Edgewater, and I'm just like, bruh. Uh yeah yeah I was just uh, I had to stop I had to stop uh because yeah Parvati if you're if you Parvati is some of the best um I think best storytelling and best writing I have seen in, as a character uh, the character is well developed uh it's maturely handled a lot of I'm not gonna get into spoilers here but like a lot of topics in there could have been handled way worse than they were and it, it, the ending of her companion quest is very sweet. I'll just leave it at that. It's just it's just a very sweet thing. It's like a really cool thing to have in a video game. And plus too, we have the whole podcast episodes where we went and Yeah, depth we did on go Outer into Worlds. it. We did go into Parvati's whole So I would thing. definitely say reference that if you want to hear more of our yes. thoughts on it. So like uh, just just what do you think? Uh like you play Outer Worlds, we gotta talk about you gotta talk about Outer Worlds later. Do you want to talk oh, about it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean I, I beat it. We've both played yeah, through it. Yeah, yeah. So we can we can you can talk about it later. So let's uh my next game is is uh is a game called Eliza. Eliza is a visual novel made by Zectronics. Um it is it is talking about it's uh, it's like you play as uh as Evelyn um who's like a young woman who was in the high tech industry in Seattle and then she burned out and she disconnected for 3 years and then she comes back. So that's the story and it's a story about Eliza. Eliza is a uh, so in this world, there's a there's a virtual counseling program, right? Which does virtual, which does therapy, basically. Like you play as as uh, as uh, and you take the role of like uh, Eliza Proxy, which is basically you sit in front of a person and they like talk about stuff, and you basically read the responses that Eliza gives you, right? That's what Eliza Proxy is, uh, and. Like, I'm not gonna spoil it, but like the whole story and the characters are just so so well written and like very realistically. And every 
patient that you see is different and uh, and like very sad in their own way and like very well thought out and well written and well developed and like and like the every character is 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 good like every character is like it feels realistic and the voice acting i gotta say this is is some of the best voice acting i've heard in like any game like it's just uh just so well done like the uh like it is just it is just like a very well done little game about about a theme that it's like you know it's talking about burnout it's talking about uh mental health it's talking about uh it's talking about like what does it mean for these big companies to be collecting this much data about you? And there's, there's a whole bit about data collection. Uh, and like, what does it mean for these companies to be trying to solve mental health? Can, can you even do that with, with, with like a AI or like, is that, is that, is that a thing even possible? Right. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's tackling a lot of like very heavy themes. And like, I think all the themes are handled like pretty, pretty damn well. Uh, so that is Eliza. It is on. It is on PC, on Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. So, you know, Linux nerds, you can play this one. It's also on Switch. It came out on Switch uh, in October. So, it's also there. So, it's it's PC and uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very good game. You, it's not, it's, it's, it's like, well, it's probably like, it's not that expensive either. So, it's, you know, if you want to pick it up, it's, it's, very, it's a very little, nice little story. Uh, I don't usually play visual novels. And... I like I got recommended this one and people were like you really should like check this one out because it is really really good and I like the themes in it are very like interesting to me. Uh, so that's Eliza. Uh, uh, next up, uh, we got two games that are like very more indie games this time. Uh, Assemble with care. Now this one Christian recommended to me. Um, I think this is an Apple Care, uh, Apple, <laughs> Apple Arcade Apple. exclusive. Why did I say Apple Care? Apple Apple Arcade uh, exclusive. This is developed by uh, Us Two Games, which is the uh, developers of the if, uh, of the Monument Valley games, which are obviously well acclaimed at this point. Uh, like if I, I would imagine a lot of people who have played who are aware of mobile games probably aware of Monument Valley. Um, so yeah, so it's developed by Us Two Games, and it is really a game about. Um, like from a technical perspective, like I just love like the mechanic of fixing things in this. It is so cute. And like the way you interact with every like you interact, you fix so many different things. And all of these things are like unique in its own way. And it's like really cool to hear the sound effects of you putting things together and it's like very satisfying. But also at the same time, it's also a story about uh this woman who's just like uh on our like she's away from home and it's like she's trying to like make things like make like basically her job is to like fix things and like she's in this new town she's trying to meet these she's meeting these new people and like you know try to become friends and understand them and like also think about like what would she that back home and stuff like that it's like it's it's, it's surprisingly i was surprised by how deep these the story fell for a game that is it's pretty simple mechanically but it feels like the story was like didn't think of a good story and that's like what else two games I think really specializes is like these games with like very simplest simple mechanics, but the mechanics really well suit like the sort of the story that they're trying to tell. So yeah, assembled care. Uh, if you have an iOS device uh, and you have uh, you haven't used an Apple Arcade trial, uh, this is what what a shot. Uh, so I mean, it's hard. It's hard. I wish this game was available more widely because it really is really really good. But you know, uh, that's the story. Is it's, it's only Apple Arcade, so you know, give that a shot. 
Uh, did you did you you play this? Yeah, one, beat the right? Rosamboa character. I fucked yeah. with it heavily. Yeah, it's it's good. I I just love the art style too. The art style is really really good, and the voice acting also is is actually really well done. Uh, so us two games, another another one. Um, the last one is uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, and this one is uh, this one it, this this is on Apple Arcade, but it's not only on Apple Arcade, so that, that's good. It's uh, on switch and uh p epic game store as it well, is it? on steam now it is on uh, it is uh it was released on steam actually december 12th so very recently uh so it is on ps4 switch apple arcade and uh steam so you know more more water uh platform base here uh, so it's like this is it's uh, the, the site for it it's by a swedish developer called simago uh like a small indie studio and it's like it is a pop album video game. Is this what they call it? And that's like the perfect description for it. It's basically like a music video game. Like you, like it's about this woman. Like it's like, I'm going to just read the description here. It's like, as the heart of a young woman breaks, the balance of the universe is disturbed. Um, so like you basically play through these like uh, different levels with different uh, customer uh, pop soundtracks, which all like this lap, by the way, they're all, fucking amazing so do you do, would you categorize this as one of the best albums of the year as well no no i mean no it's a it's i wouldn't say it like that like it's um it's not like it, video game music is always weird to me because i i enjoy a lot of video game music and i listen to some of some of it in my uh, normal listening but i i never put uh video game osts in there because i feel like video game osts are too intertwined with the video games to be distinctly i don't know like it's weird to me like i wouldn't put it as album of the year but like if i had a special category for video game music uh this one goes on there this one at like uh like dicey dungeons uh ost uh like yeah it's it's really really like it's fun pop uh soundtrack it's really fun um you can listen to it on spotify if you want like just the music is available there so if you want to listen to it it's there uh it is published by uh, Annapurna. Uh, so yeah, Annapurna is the they publish a lot of indie games, uh, and this is good. This I play this on Apple Arcade, and I would say if you play this on uh, on iOS, I would say play this with a controller uh, because it is very hard to play on the touch screen. Um, yeah, Justin, did you, you play this right? Uh, I think you play. I play this on the Mac using a okay, controller. Okay, good because uh, uh, yeah, I tried this with a touchscreen. It's very, very difficult. It's actually not that bad with a mouse too. With a mouse, actually, it's pretty easy. Good at a mouse too, but it's like with a touchscreen, it's just the the latency is too much, right? Uh, for you to actually play it, but it's not unplayable. It's just like if you just want to listen to the music and just play it, it's fine. But it's like if you want to like- also, this game has um something that's amazing that um. I know you Dark Souls fans out there might get a little upset at. If you fail a level three times, it'll ask you if you just want to skip it and move on to the next one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about it. Yes, yes. So there are some parts of the levels that are, like, obnoxious a little bit. Like, some of the levels are, like, you know the one where it's, like, uh, like a time, not time travel. Like, you switch perspectives or something. Like uh, You switch between two different timelines, right? With the two girls who split in half? Oh, it, that one is, that one fucking pissed me off, actually. Like, I failed that so many times. Uh, so and I finally just relented and let the thing skip it. Um, but yes, um, it does have that, and it's it's really wants you to just you know enjoy the music. Really, it's not it's not trying to be like uh, like not trying to be like oh yeah you gotta play it like you gotta beat it like you gotta it's it's not about beating the game it's just it's just about enjoying the music I think which is which is uh, which is nice. Uh, so if you want a nice ride you know on, on a motorbike with some pop tunes. 
uh, th- that's the track for you. It's on the, it's on Steam now. I, I think I might, I might just pick up a copy on Steam as well, just just to have it uh, on Steam as well, because I don't have it anymore actually, because I I, I don't have an Apple Grade subscription anymore, so it's like I don't have it. Uh, so that's uh, that's those are my my video games. A uh, lot more indie titles and mobile games than. Uh, probably in a while. So I, I realize that I don't play that many games. Uh, so it's like the ones that I do play are pretty special. Uh, so Christian, it's your turn. Yep, yep. So let's uh let's talk about good games. Good games. Um, unfortunately, I played a lot of Destiny this year. <laughs> didn't play that many other games, but I played some yeah, games. Did. Played some yeah, video games. Yeah. And um, let's start with Gears Five. So Gears Five is. I wouldn't say a top tier shooter in terms of hey, this is like a classic game we'll look back at. But but in lieu of no other good shooters coming out this year, Gears Five had a a great story mode and an acceptable multiplayer mode. I would actually say that the story campaign of Gears Five is top tier. I would say that is. But Gears multiplayer has never been my thing. Uh, I enjoyed playing through Gears 5. I enjoyed more so the risks they took in switching up a traditional campaign. And I feel like the execution paid off. I feel like how they how they structured the campaign, it opened up when it needed to, and it closed down when it needed to tell a story. And it was fun to play. The gunplay was great, and it looked beautiful. I, w- I, don't, I was unsure about putting this on the list, but, you know, like, I played this... Uh, camp- I just played the campaign. I didn't play the multiplayer. But... The campaign was just, yeah, it was just a rock solid. Like it, it, it kept the action going, and you know, it had moments of. I really liked the bits where like the characters would just like talk to each other. I, I really like that sort of character development because it just like sort of feels more natural to me than uh, just 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 exposition or reading lore dumps, right? Uh, like the game had like when, when you're traveling around the uh, quote unquote, like when the game opens up, like a little. Uh, little skiff right you just travel around you you're in the snow and like you're talking to each other and it's like a little bit of uh like you, you crack some jokes you know it's, it's nice it's nice and fun and like the action gets gets them gets into it right it really is classic like gears action but it's like very well it's very well done like the, the action is i cannot say like the with the mechanics of the game i was just like top notch and and more so they're their dedication to get 4k 60 working on a current gen title like has to the, it it is it runs great and it looks amazing and that's something that I'm hopeful we see more of especially with like the next generation but but because of now even on PC too this is a super well optimized PC oh port. it is yeah yeah I like if you wanna if you wanna get a good glimpse of this go go check out uh, Digital Foundry's videos on Gears Five and you'll see why why we are praising this one because you can also run it easily at a 4K 60 on like like a 2060 Super you don't even need like a 2080 Ti for it for PC yeah you can just like tweak the settings a little bit it's like and then the game is very very like the settings menu is uh, and also it lets you super sample too on PC which not a lot of PC games do not a lot of PC games will let you um downsample right but they won't let you go ahead and say run a if you have a 1440p monitor run the game at 4k and then downsample it in game yeah and, and the game yeah it's like the game runs really really well like it looks amazing it runs well um and it's fun to play and it's it's a good shooter campaign it's like how it reminds me of doom 2016 you know it's not like trying to do that many new things but like when when all the shooters this year are either like uh, call of duty or or multiplayer focused ones getting like a good campaign is great it's something that and i like like i said gears 5 
it's there's nothing I would say spectacular, amazing about it, but it is an excellent game, and sometimes it's all you need, right? Like it is not you, you buy this game and you're not wasting your time with it. No, it, you, I, I, when I like it is, it is not a long campaign either, and it's like, and I appreciate that because it means that I can actually finish it and like actually enjoy the experience from start to finish. Like it, it's it concluded uh, in a nice way, and it's like it's like you know it's like it, it's a the action. It didn't feel like a, it didn't feel like an overstated welcome, and it's like a nice solid campaign uh yeah it's definitely like and i, I wish there were more single player shooter campaigns more of them uh, well we got doom eternal well, we got doom eternal next year, so. ne- next year to look forward to so that's good uh call of duty is always like also halo infinite yes halo infinite uh, i mean i don't know if that's going to be good or not but like let's let's hope uh Oof, that's gonna be a fun two-hour podcast oh, when that comes oh, out oh, I, I don't even like want to think about that right now but like <laughs> let's let's move on to the uh, uh next game it is gildings which you have yet to play which i'm very upset about i, I okay i'm gonna have to resubscribe to <laughs> just literally do it for gildings alone i prom gildings is the kind of shit you fuck with so okay gildings is a jrpg that's mobile with none of the in-app purchase bs and has the writing of a group chat from like when you were 16 and you might think to yourself that's kind of whack but the character writing is so good in this game so basically how it works is um the combat system reminds me a lot of undertale so instead of having attacks and health everyone every enemy in your characters they all have stamina which is that which is shown as battery charges and you have different moods that you can apply that will either increase your charge or decrease the enemy's charge and certain abilities out in the field require that you go into battle and change your mood and keep that mood throughout the battle to use that ability to progress through a level oh interesting okay so yeah it is the field that's more detailish uh yeah yeah and so you don't have any like direct like attacks where you hit people but it's more of like they're all a bunch of protective attacks like one is um i think it's a uh, front front uh, flash in your face and that will um decrease like an enemy's battery if you use it on yourself it increases your charge there's it's it's so good and um yeah i saw these screenshots of it like it looks like a very like well like well the artist art style is very cute art style is great so essentially the story is though you you get what's called a tome, which is basically a phone. You accidentally agree to the end user license agreement and become a guild master. <laughs> and you go around this island. Um, your sister needs to sneak out because you got you guys got grounded. So you need to help your sister sneak out so she can go to Makeout Island to find her boyfriend and make out. Oh with him. my god, this is the most sixteen-year-old bullshit. It's like, but what happens when you go to Makeout Island is that um, there's accidentally been like a bunch of. Uh, like tectonic events that are causing cities and stuff to disappear and to fly into the sky. But you ignore that because obviously you need to get to make out Island. And then your sister ends up getting trapped in the guild masters like arena. So you have to go find your friends from when you were a kid, reconnect with them and then have them join your guild. And they all have specific abilities. Um, you have Gwine, you have Sib, um, Sib's your sister. You have Tizaz, you have uh, Gwine's brother. And then you have, who is my favorite character? It is. I I should remember these names. Like Prisma. Prism. Pr- Prisma. Prisma. Is a very good name. <laughs> and there's like beef between like your friends and stuff. You have to help them reconnect. Like there's a lot of like nuance to the story writing and all of that. And I, it, it's a fun play. And the story is like genuinely engaging. And how they're doing it too is it's episodes. So right now there's episode one, and they're gonna keep releasing content throughout. 
like the five episodes, I think is what's planned. Oh, I, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna buy the yearly subscription to Apple Arcade because you know what? Uh, I just, 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 I just gotta do that. But uh, after this, but after the pot is done, but like the, the you, you sent me a story about how this game was like a very different game uh, when they first started developing it. Like it was like a yeah, the uh, U.S. Gamer article. Yeah, it's like uh, it was like a satellite love, like you like top down management sim, like uh, like. It was a management sim, and they slowly like redesigned it to be this. Like that's kind of a cool. Like you sort of like get sort of insight into how game development works. Sometimes, sometimes you just you just gotta rework the entire game to a very different kind of game. And look at the one screenshot of the conversation where it says "make out temple" at the top. <laughs> it's just like see your mood changes and the kind of writing there. There's an emoji oh, in it. I love it's the great. UI. I love how there's like signal bars on the left, and like that's really cool. Uh, I love these. Like, I love like like computer UIs in video games. You know, I always love those because it's like, what does a developer think? Is like uh, this game has so much charm. I think that's like the the thing I've, I'm really like focused on with it. There's so much charm with this game, and it is such a. It's a short play. It's not that long, but it's worth it. And it's it, it's just if you have an iOS device and you like any sort of RPG games, pick this up. Hell, if you have a Mac, this thing runs pretty well on um. On, on any recent Mac, anyways. Yeah, probably Apple TV as well. That's probably working on Apple TV, probably. Eh. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Apple TV port too. So that's that's Gittlings, another Apple Arcade exclusive. Uh, so if you have the if you have iOS device, check it out. Uh, if you have Apple Arcade, uh, if you have the trial, if you haven't tried the trial, you know, there's a good time as any. You know, check out all these games. So next up, we have uh, the Outer Worlds again, um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to go over this one briefly just because uh, you you went over a fair bit of it. Plus, we have that prior episode. Essentially, the Outer Worlds gets up to the top of that list because there are two types of open uh, open ended sort of like open world games that I like. There's a Breath of the Wild sort of open world game where I can hop in, walk in in any direction, and find something new. And then we have more tight knit, smaller open world games, but that give you a lot of things to offer, but in shorter play times where the outer worlds you can hop into it do a couple quests and then that's it there's not a lot of bs in it and breath of the wild also didn't have a lot of bs in it but it's a different style of game and what we've we have not had a sort of more traditional core rpg like the outer worlds and how their character system is handled in a while and i think that's it's it's appreciated because this game is like there's more traditional roles. We're not going to do that BS stuff where we're like, oh, your choices matter and have a vague morality system that's probably passed through like a really bad algorithm and you're trying to make it seem like it's an AI thing when it's really not. <laughs> yeah, it is just like, it just feels like, uh, I think a lot of reviewers describe it as putting on a warm blanket. Like it is just like, it's, it, you know what's, you, you know what it's going to happen. Like, well, you don't know what's going to happen, but it's like, it's it has the trappings. Yeah. The Outer Worlds is a, it's a video game. It is not an Im- hashtag immersive experience. The Outer Worlds literally is just a fucking game. And that's like in 2019, sorely needed. There are not enough games that are just fucking games, right? There, it's like a ha- immersive experiences of live services and Fallout Plus or whatever it's called. <laughs> fuck Bethesda. Um, yeah, so this is like a, the biggest fuck you to Bethesda you can make, honestly. Like, it's just it, you, the biggest fuck you is just make a good fucking video game that's. That has like it's, it's like people actually like to play, and it's it's, it's not nonsense. Uh, it's it's good. Uh, I'm so glad that this this came out and it's actually good because that means that we might be getting more of that. So, so let's hope for the good. Next up, um, this one, Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, our anime game, I guess. Um, so 
I, I put Fire Emblem Three Houses on here because I was honestly surprised by how much I like this game. I normally like tactical RPGs, like XCOM style games, like anything like that. I those only bore the shit out of me. Like I'm they're not they're not meant for me. They're not really meant for me. And Fire Emblem Three Houses ended up being a really accessible entry into that style. That like um like tactical battle combat sy- uh, simulators, right? Where you have multiple units on the field, you have to move them around and end up. De- um, destroying certain towers and objectives before you can get to the boss and um structuring your your characters and um, statting them out to have the most efficient playthrough it that makes it super accessible and at the same time though there's there's also a classic mode in fire emblem where it's also you know if you want it to be super hard one life runs where if a character dies or done for the rest of the game you can also turn that on as well and um I think that that's great to have that they didn't try and blend both modes or like hit the middle ground that they just gave it to you. You know, you either have like a regular mode or the super hard mode. And I played it on the regular mode. I dipped in a little bit into classic for a second playthrough. And the thing with this game as well is you also have multiple routes. There are four endings you can get to. And each time you go through um, the next route, it's a different version of the game, right? Some of the battles are kind of similar, but there's different story beats. You have different teams because each route has different characters in it. So you get different experiences playing through it. And the first playthrough took like 20 hours anyways to clear through. So like there's a whole bunch of content in this game. And it's a really good story. And it's a really good story that you don't truly get everything out of unless you play all the routes. Because you get to see you get to see uh, the war from every party's angle. And I was not expecting to like this game as much as I did. It was It's just fun to play. It's a great use as a Switch. Um, I no longer have my Switch. I ended up selling it, mostly because it's this game and like Animal Crossing would be the only things that I would have, and I really can't justify a console for one or two games. But it was just it's fun to play. I I don't know. Like I've been considering getting into these kind of games. Like JRPGs are like uh, this is not really a JRPG. Is it anime style? Yes, but the story beats. It's 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 like a war game. More of a strat. Yeah, it's a, it's a war. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if I. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, it it does have a neat art style. It does have that anime art style. Like it, the characters look nice. Uh, and mind you, this has like been a two D sort of sixteen bit style game on like all the prior ones. The, they really did a good job in translating this over to a full three D play space. Fire Emblem Three Houses is that's on only on Nintendo Switch, right? That's uh yeah, it's an okay. it's a first party okay, game. Cool. Uh, our next game. Uh, what the golf? Another Apple Arcade. Another Apple game. Arcade. Well, it's not only on Apple Arcade, right? It's on. Uh, it's on uh, Epic, it's Game on Epic Store. Game Store. Yes. Uh, so what the? So and and this game, I the le- the less said about this game, the better. It is a golf game for people who do not like golf. That's the, the, the tagline is, and I I I can't I don't want to spoil it. Um, we could put a YouTube video in there for how the game actually plays, but this game is basically it is a fun little golf game in air quotes golf in air quotes it is fun it is wacky it'll make you say it'll make you just laugh at how absurd it is and yeah it's like it's what the golf yeah basically you're gonna say what the golf is like a lot of games on my list they're just video games you know like they're literally they're just video games and and i know it's like it it seems kind of strange to say that right because like of course well every isn't every video game a video game what i mean by that is it's not trying to be more right it's not a live service it's not you know microtransaction hell there's no loot boxes in any of these games it just it just has a concept and it just does the thing it's just oh that's all it it's is simple yeah and there's complexity of course complexity outer worlds complexity three houses and gears and that but 
all these games, if you play them, you're going to have a good time and they don't disrespect you, right? That's been like my big thing for like games that I buy. I like, because I also bought Rage 2 this year. And let me tell you how much of a waste of money that was. Oh my God. Rage 2 was bad. Like, I was like, I was, oh, actually, I totally forgot about Rage 2. And it was a forgettable yeah, game. Yeah, that was not worth my time at all. Oh, that was man. A, you know, when I first saw the trailer for that, I was like, man, this is going to be good. But it wasn't. It wasn't at all. I my criteria for nowadays for like the games I get are like do they respect my time are they are they gonna want me to play this like another job because even while Destiny is something that I don't mind doing that with like I'm that only I can't do that for all games right like this is like been my big hold up on building a gaming PC because it's sort of like I'm gonna build this PC but I already know how I play games right and if I have another PC to play games on is it am I really gonna play enough games to be worth the amount that's gonna cost me to build it. Like, probably not. Like, the most is I'll play Destiny with you, but is playing Destiny with you worth $700? Like, not really. No, 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 no. No, it's like, if you want to, if you got to get into PC, you probably, like, you could probably want to play more games than just Destiny, right? You probably want to play. But, like, I have such a big backlog on Xbox, right? Like, I'd be rebuying games on PC for no reason. Like, the economics of it doesn't work out. Yep. <laughs> so, this is, like, the way it's, like... What do you, you want to invest in? Yeah, it's also why I sold the Switch, too. It's like, you know, like it's there's three houses, was literally three houses of Breath of the Wild were the only games I played. I mean, I beat Doom 2016 on it, but that's because I don't, I don't love myself, obviously. Um, was the, I think, I think honestly, I should get like a badge of honor from Nintendo for playing that blurry mess. Cause docked, it's fine, or handheld, it's fine. It's fine on handheld, but docked, it's like runs sub 720p. It is a blurry mess with a lot of frame drops. Um, that's not, not the best version of 2016 that's for sure. especially when I could have played the Xbox One X version on Games yes. Pass for no cost yes exactly why Why would you play this thing if you have the choice between the Xbox One X version you know sometimes I like to I like to you know it's it's. I don't I, I want to play games on hard mode you know it didn't have a the hard mode on Doom wasn't good enough <laughs> but but no like it's I feel like 2019 was there were a lot of sleeper hits or you know like not not games that say are going to take the market by storm but that's honestly not what we need we just need like good short Very games good yes short short is actually becoming a stronger criterion for me playing games now because uh it like i don't have as, as much time as i did to play video games or finish them and it's like if the game i can finish in like the span of like two weekends that is that is like the ideal game for me, right? Like it's like if you can finish it, and it's like definitively finished. Like that is that is great. Uh, like I mean, I, lo- I do like our live service games. I mean, I do lo- I do love playing Destiny, but I'm taking a break from Destiny. Uh, like I do love playing Forza Horizon Four. Like it is like I can play that forever, but it's like it's just it's like casually playing. It. <laughs> Well, the thing about Forza Horizon 2 is that they they very much lean into this is just the game. With the Lego expansion, the Hot Wheels expansion, because Forza's whole progression scheme is just based off of you get more stuff by just playing the game. Yeah, you just Look, do things in the world and you get stuff. It's, that's it. It's, that's it. This game has no concept of beating it. It's more like you do races you want to do. If not, then do some other races. Where whatever you do, you're going to progress. You, I, 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 most of my time playing this game these days is just me listening to podcasts and driving around the world doing doing skill chains right just just doing that over and over like it's not even like i don't even do races or like you know finding a dope anime skin on your car and you know just riding around yep yep oh you can do that yep you can customize your car you can get into the all there are a lot of systems in that game yeah i don't want to get into forza horizon 4 now but forza horizon 4 just added a battle royale mode that's why just why we're mainly it's on our mind yes they did and i haven't tried it i'm gonna try it later after i eat some lunch because i i'm gonna i'm looking forward to how absurd that 
fucking game mode is. Like, that game is just absurd. Absolutely good. So, Christian, um, have one, one last, last game, and this is not a good game, but you know, you got to mention. Literally, in our, in our little like pre-show doc, I, I put, this is not a good game, but Kingdom Hearts 3. We need, a, we need to talk about this, because this is actually my game of the year. <laughs> I hate What's this like game. Was the worst game of the this, year? Is that what it is? No, no. This is my G-O-T-Y. This gets the Keely from me. Oh, my. Is it was it they yeah, the Jeff Keely? Is that fucking it, Jeff Keely at his his little arrogant little ass? But yeah, um, the, the game the game show game um, awards, advertisement yeah. awards game, game advertisement <laughs> awards. Yeah, um, but um, why why would Kingdom Hearts three be at the top of this? Because you know I've been I'm I I'm on a train that I can't get off of, and I'm on the Kingdom Hearts train. I would like to get off this train. I honestly would really like to get off of this train and go somewhere else. I don't like the route it's taking. We're going through tunnels. It's not great. Um, the service is pretty shit, you know? Like, there's no... I have to pay for meals. I don't get included meals at my feet. <laughs> and I'm just stuck on here. And that's why it's the game of the year. Because after a certain point of being continuously disrespected by bad story beats and continuously being promised that things are going to get better, nothing changes. And that's Kingdom Hearts 3's game of the year because it's like an allegory for the world right now, you know? Oh, man, that's, that is, oof, that is, uh, shit. And also, this came out, like, in January? Like, damn, it was, like, in the beginning yeah, of the year, Yeah, it has too. really been 11 months since this game came out, and I still can't get away from it. Fucking hell. There's a, also, the, there's news of this game. There's going to be DLC, right? There's uh, Remind. Oh, my God. I, I feel like one of these days it's gonna be like this anime shit where you like you just wake up and you like break the disc in half and just walk away. It's like some anime shit. Like you know, you just <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three is um essentially it's like uh it's like Naruto but only the filler seasons. Oof, that's that's rough. Yeah, and specifically like the American bad dub of Naruto, not even the sub. Oh my god, why no? <laughs> yeah, enough of that. Actually, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, that's a wrap because otherwise you're gonna be like depressed about Kingdom Hearts for the rest rest of the day. Uh, so we as always find us on shade, uh, two shades of brown dot com. Uh, show notes are gonna be there. You know the contact address contact at two shades of brown dot com. If you have games of the year uh, lists or uh, you know j- j- just have some favorite games you want to talk about, you know feel free to email. You know if you if you like any of the uh, albums or games that we put on our lists. Feel free to talk to us. I always love talking to people about their video game, favorite video games and their favorite albums, especially music. I love talking to other people about uh, their favorite albums. So feel free to at me uh, on Mastodon, which is at StaticSafe and Mastodon.ZombaCloud.com. And Christian, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me wallowing in despair about Kingdom Hearts 3 on Mastodon at Josephine at Chitter.xyz. Oh, and with that, goodbye. Bye.